Guru Nation, welcome to episode 512 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, Chris and I actually answer a listener's question about paying subjects, or I don't really like the term subjects, I like the term patients, Uh, but paying patients, study participants, the question was asked by a manager of a medium-sized research clinic somewhere in the United States. And they were just asking a bunch of questions about, you know, what are the tax implications? What if my patients don't want to get paid? Uh, A whole bunch of stuff that is very important that have no clear answers other than the standard discuss this with your financial advisor slash company accountant slash tax attorney, which we also advise, by the way. But we tried to give a little more clarity on this and even if it's some anecdotal examples of how we've handled some of these issues in the past. So something that's very important that we haven't really heard from anyone anywhere in the entire internet, if you can believe it. This is why we have this podcast after all. So uh, hopefully you find some value here, especially if you're a site owner. Uh, in the show notes, we get the Patreon channel, patreon.com slash dancefair, only five bucks a month with a monthly mastermind. We also have the CRA and CRC academies, links in the show notes. And finally, if you are one of these site owners and you need help getting studies, you need help creating source documents, you need help with your SOPs, you need help navigating every day as a site owner, well, how do you do the study startup, how do you... When you run into issues, how do you deal with these issues? How do you prepare for a monitoring visit? And again, more studies, more studies. How do we do the feasibility surveys? How do we get more studies? Text me, 949-415-6256. With that being said, hope you enjoyed this episode. Guru Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Clinical Trials Guru this is also going to go on the podcast, and this is going to be for the sites out there that are interested in questions about budgets and how sites handle payments uh, to subjects or to study participants. Um, so here's the question. Let me just get into it. I always try to tune into your live streams. If you ever take discussions, I would love to hear your insight on subject stipends and the surrounding issues slash pain points. And where Chris Sauber is, you can see him there. Uh, You can see him there. Uh, We have uh, Latinos in Clinical Research. We're actually meeting with Greenfire for Latinos in Clinical Research. They actually specialize in this pain point. And there's going to be a live stream with Latinos in Clinical Research and Greenfire kind of talking about these things. But Chris and I will go a little in depth on it now for this channel. So um, I'd be curious to know how other sites handle the following. Do they pay? So let's just go bullet by bullet. Sure. Do they pay by cash, card, or check? Well, Do sites that, pay by cash, card, or check? I will acknowledge that is the three options. Um, yes. Now, that being said, what, what makes sense for you? It could be any of those three. It just depends on your specific uh specific uh, situation so if you're going to use cards that's by far the most expensive route by far 
especially if you're using like rechargeable cards, such as say Greenfire, where the cards are reloadable. Um, that's very expensive. Well, I'm, the last time I checked, it was very expensive. The prices probably have come down since because I checked on this maybe two, three years ago. Um, but it was costly then. It just didn't make sense to me to use me personally for the sites Dan and I own. It just did not make sense to use that service. Um, now, checks and Dan, whether he wants to share it but or do not. Do the sponsors not pay for the reimbursement for the card? So some sponsors do, but many don't. Um, I would say 10% do. Um, now, well, let me rephrase that. So in my particular situation where I'm dealing with a lot of budgets, budgets and contracts, um, typically it's sponsors that are just providing the service to all sites. I have never made the request, hey, the site wants to use Greenfire. Um, will you reimburse this cost? I've never made that request. No site's ever asked me to make that request, so I haven't made that request. So I'm sure some sponsors would pay for this. I'm sure some wouldn't as well. So when I say 10%, I mean just 10% of sponsors are just offering us across the board to all, to all sites participating on the trial. We're going to use green fire, so this is how you're paying the patients, right? So 90% don't. Of those 90%, maybe get another 20, 25% to reimburse you if you want to use Greenfire to pay your patients. Um, so you could go that route. I mean, I'm sure that's a possibility. Again, I've never made that request. So I don't know if they would for sure, but I, I assume many would. Um, and it might even be higher than 25%. So that being said though, um, checks are another good option. Um, you have you have documented proof for the for the IRS of you're making these payments to to individuals, um, but those checks also have their own kind of pain points as well. And I don't know if Dan wants to share. He's had a problem with this. Um, you had you've had patients also yeah, the patients, amount, right? Uh, well, I've, there's several problems with check. One of them is there could be check fraud and we have had a few instances where the check get in the wrong hand and it's very easy to forge these checks once they have it and they can just go to a check cashing place and put in the amount and there's there's different computer programs where they can just like basically fraudulently create a new check mm -hmm. uh and so i tend to stay away from that i do like green fire as an option but like Chris said, it does get costly. So you would have to have, I guess, a lot of studies for that to make sense or a lot of patients for that to make sense. And it would just become part of your overhead cost at, as a site uh, if you can't get it reimbursed by sponsor. I think those costs are coming down because of vendors like Greenfire. I mean, we're going to be doing a live stream with them next week. I'm sure it's going to come up. Um check there's other issues too a lot of the patients lose their medicare eligibility if sites issue the patients a uh, 1099 um, which they shouldn't because in my opinion and i guess everybody has different opinions here in my opinion the patients are in a study you're you're not as a site you don't want them to lose eligibility benefits because of your study so, so we eat the tax bill for those patients instead of issuing them a 1099s. I think that's how we, we do it with our accountant 
as far as our bookkeeping, but not every site is that generous and that nice and that empathetic. There's a lot of sites that could care less, unfortunately, and don't even tell the patients. And then they join a study and their Medicare eligibility gets burned. Well, they got to fill out a 1099. So they should have some knowledge of what's going on, but yeah, you're right. Probably many don't, but that being said, so in our situation, um, you know, our CPA always tells us to get to get 1099s from these individuals. Um, so, you know, I'm no tax specialist and not a tax attorney. So just, you know, don't take my word on this. You have to check with your own, your own legal authorities. But um, our CPA still files the dollars that are paid out. He just files it, I think, as like a miscellaneous expense. Um, but he says for sure, if you were to get audited doing this, that you're going to wind up having to eat those costs, right? right? If you can't show proof of what you're spending this on. But so far, knock on wood, Dan and I have been lucky. We've never been audited. Um, but Dan's right. Um, you probably don't want to assign 1099s to your patients. Um, yeah, because if most new, if most patients who are on Medicare thought that, okay, their participation uh, is going to reduce or take away their Medicare eligibility, they're not going to do the study. Right. Like 90% of them, if not a hundred percent of them are in that camp. So I'm not sure how the green fire works with the card. Uh, Cash. This is not a problem. Although you have to, you have to account for the money somehow it boils down to, does the patient pay the tax? Or do or does the site pay the tax on it? And I've always gone the route of the site just paying the tax on it. And so the last option being cash, paying your patients with cash, um, I think is the simplest route. Now you have to trust whoever's handling the cash, right? So if, if you have you know coordinators that are handing out the cash and they're all you know many different coordinators and you don't necessarily trust them all, I don't know how. If you want them, you know, depending again on how busy your site is, maybe you're handing them over a couple thousand dollars in cash. Um, and who's to say they're not skimming off a hundred here and a hundred there or something. So right. you have to trust the person that's handling the cash. I would say that's the, in my opinion, that's the biggest downfall of using cash is yeah. trust. We should have probably had our CPA come on the Zoom to tell, to tell us, because like you said, we've done this for years. We've never burned a patient's Medicare eligibility. And we've never had issues with the IRS, probably because of how he's categorizing the income. I don't think we write it all off. I think we we eat a lot of it because I think we had to explain to him what's happening. And then he, he figured out a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's actually the, that's the next question. I mean, I remember having this conversation with our account, and this is the same guy we're using mm-hmm. back in 2006 for the same issue. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to educate him what's research. This is how we pay patients, but we don't want them to burn their eligibility. How do we burden the tax responsibility to the IRS could care less. They just want their money. Yep. They don't care if it's from you or from the patient. And so as a site, I think it's in your best interest to have this conversation with your accountant and tell them, look, our patients are important to us. Last thing we want to do is, reduce or take away their Medicare eligibility. So how do we categorize these payments as something that maybe we can't write off? And I think that's the conversation I had with my, with our accountant. And I think he's figured out how to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, we're no tax attorneys. uh, And so definitely you need to have a CPA and a bookkeeper 
that knows what they're doing and knows how to classify this. And don't be greedy. Don't just like take the tax bill for yourself, right? You can't write off everything. I mean, there's plenty you're going to write off, but when it comes to patient payments, I wouldn't try to write those off. Um, and that's their next question, actually. So what is done when a subject doesn't want to earn over 600 because of tax concerns? Do sites break up the payment over two calendar years? That's another option too, right? So I've had this, like I said, I've had this conversation with our CPA. He's educated on clinical research now, and we haven't had an issue so far. Um, because we don't, I don't think we write that off. Uh, so see, I would disagree with you. I'm sure we do. I've had a couple of conversations with our turn, our CPA. Yeah. Uh, um, and I mean, like the question there, right. Cause you can, you get 600 written off period. Right. Whether it's right. the patient or your company, right. You don't, you don't have to have any for the miscellaneous expense up to 600. Right. Right. So I'm almost certain he categorizes all of them as patients, you know, because we show cash deductions from the account to pay the patients. Right. Right. We take out lump sums and he knows, because I've told him before, if it's this dollar amount is for patient payments. Right? Okay. Okay. Any other, any other cash that's withdrawn is for something else. It's just this one particular dollar amount. So he knows that. So he puts um, it in a category or some category. Yeah. Yep. But probably because we haven't had issue with the IRS in 15 years. So it's probably some category where we are paying our fair share. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. But it wouldn't make sense for us to pay uh, taxes on all of what we're using to pay patients when 600 per patient is you're able to write oh, off. There you go. Yeah. So I think that's what he does. And then anything after but he that. But you would have to know how many patients we're seeing. And he doesn't. Uh, I see what you're saying. But he does do the monthly bookkeeping. Yeah, but that still doesn't. It still tell doesn't tell. Yeah, because we use cash. Right. I see. So yeah, this is complicated. This is a complicated issue. I think Greenfire resolves this in a way, but I don't know. And maybe that's a good topic for Greenfire next week when we go with Latinos in clinical research. How do we handle subject taxation and Medicare eligibility or social security disability income? A lot of these patients are dependent on SSI. And if you're making over a certain amount, your SSI benefits get reduced too. And I'm trying to remember, and I, I just can't recall. It's been a while since I've used Green Fire. If they make you, if they make the patients sign a 1099, I don't think they do, but maybe they do. I think that's a site thing. That's a site decision. Um, for the 1099, but if, but if, but if green fires handling, so I guess this is just another, and it wouldn't, and clinical question. research, clinical research would like need its own IRS category because it's not like the patients are independent contractors. You're not right. hiring them to right. do a job, right? They're doing a study. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's why the IRS leaves that alone. They're like, eh, these are not independent contractors. They're patients. Yeah. Maybe. As long as they're getting their taxes. And by the way, sites, you're getting money f that you're paying the patients. The spot It's in your budget. So the sponsor is already reimbursing you for what, for you're, what paying you're paying the patients. The patients. So mm -hmm. it should just be taxable income as far as I'm concerned. I've even had this conversation with our CPA. I know I've had it before you joined. I've had this conversation with sure. him like three times. Sure. And he said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And that's the last I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know, have a good CPA and really like educate them, like take it, take a few hours, educate them on clinical research. Uh, probably the best route, you know, now since we're just really kicking this ball around, probably the best route to go if you're a new company is like Dan says, educate your CPA. And at the end of the year, so that your patients are not paying the taxes, but do send your CPA, how many patients did we have for this year, right? So mm-hmm. if you saw, say, 20 patients for the year, just to keep math simple, that means you, you get 600 times 20, right? Right. So you would get, what is that, $12,000 in write-offs mm-hmm. that, that you don't have to pay the taxes on, on your revenue. See, right? maybe, maybe having a system like Greenfire is worth the money because everything's documented and you just send them that. Sure. You just send the CPA that. Yeah. And they can maybe. do the math. Yeah, Maybe. They can write up up to 600 per patient, and then the rest of the site can eat the bill. Yep. Because like I said, the IRS could care less who it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and patients are not independent contractors. So a 1099 technically is what you're supposed to issue them. But if you really look at it, and if I would bet you the IRB does not consider patients independent contractors. Uh, they're study participants. They're not employed by your yeah, site. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with patient safety, so I doubt they care about that. I mean, that's more up to the government. Well, that's the next but, question. Is it, You're right. It would be the Office of Human Research Protection, OHRP, which is basically run by the FDA. Uh, but the OHRP oversees IRBs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the next question, actually. Does the site notify the IRB if subject declines payment or does a simple note of subject declining on the ICF with subject subject signature date suffice? I don't think we've ever had a subject decline a payment. <laughs> Have we? Not that I can recall. That'd be very unusual. I've had subjects. I've had patients. First of all, I like to call them patients, not subjects. But I've had patients tell me they're not doing it for the money and they don't expect to get paid. But when you give them money, they say thank you. Yeah, I've That's- had that happen too many times. Yeah. Um, so does the site notify the IRB if the subject declines payment? In keeping it consistent with Alcoa-C, I would say document it. That's exactly what there, I would say too. There are some sponsors that will look at logs and make sure that the sites are paying patients. Mm-hmm. So have it documented. Um, any discrepancy from that, any deviation from that should be documented. Uh, does the site uh okay do any sites push back to sponsors to send the 1099 when it can be argued the sponsor pays the stipend see these are all things we've already discussed do any sites push back to the sponsor to send the 1099 so how would the sponsor do that they don't even know this the patient's name so what they're saying is because some sponsors or cro's send the site's a 1099 at the end of every year. Yeah, they all do. Well, they're all supposed to. They're, they're all supposed to. They don't all do. So maybe I'm interpreting this question as sites pushing back to the sponsors, sending the 1099. I don't understand the question. Like I said, most, and especially if Chris is negotiating your budgets, if you're a client of ours, which you might benefit from being a client of ours with these kind of questions, um, the sponsors are already paying you for your patient payments. Mm-hmm. So that's already, that's not your, that's not a true expense of yours. 
It's a pass-through cost. You're getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, you should pay the site should pay tax on that, right? But, and but, like Chris said, it's a nuance because it's up to six hundred bucks that you can savvy sites can deduct per patient. But but the person asking the question is right because what goes into that um, that W nine at the end of the year, right, includes those patient stipends, right? It's the total amount paid out to the site, including the stipends. So yeah, you are yeah. getting taxed on it. Yeah. So, but it's, you know, if you follow the steps that we've outlined previously, you can avoid some of that in tax. Right. And and if your question is, can the the sponsor issue 1099s to patients? No. The answer is no. They can't. Uh, Are there times when a W-9 isn't required when the subject earns greater than 600 in a calendar year, like travel reimbursement versus a stipend payment? I, mean, I think that all falls into the same. It's all lump sum together, I believe. Right. That's that's the thing. The IRS tax code is not customized for clinical research. Right. Um, and I think the biggest differentiator is patients are not, and this is very easy to prove if you were ever to get audited, which is probably why the IRS doesn't touch this. There's bigger fish to fry and easier fish to fry. Mm-hmm. You can easily prove a patient is not a contractor. Very easily, you show them the informed consent. That should end it. This mm-hmm. is not, you're not employed by the site. Right. Um, so that's a gray area. And like I said, the way we've handled it, me over the last 16 years and Chris over the last 12 or so, is the way we've just explained it uh, with professional guidance. We're not just mm-hmm. doing this on our own. Uh, and our CPA is really good. He knows the tax code. Like he's probably memorized the the tax code. Um, so don't attempt to do this on your own is what I'm trying to say. So Dan, that's high. That's high, very much hyperbole. Have you seen the tax code books? They stack like 10 feet high. I know he's probably memorized it. No, <laughs> He's a very good CPA. He's been doing this for like sure, 30 years. Sure. But no CPA has the tax code memorized. This is ridiculous. That'd be like having GCP memorized. No, it's worse than that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a little bit of hyperbole. Don't attempt to do it on your own if you're a site. Have a CPA, have a bookkeeper, even have a tax attorney. We have all of the above. Um, What if... uh, How do sites address subjects' confidentiality concerns when subjects, when they have to fill out the W-9? See, this is... This is why I don't have them do this unless it's a lot of money, like for inpatient studies. I think that's the only time we've done that. And even then it's study by study. I default to not giving W9s to our patients. Well, and there's a significant reason behind this, right? At least in my opinion, a lot of patients may choose not to participate if you're going to make them fill that out so which do you prefer having the patient or having to pay the tax on the patient thank you that's exactly sums it up well this is exactly we've had these issues patients are like no i'm not filling this out and they're right they're not again they're not contractors they're not they're patients they're in a clinical trial they're reimbursed for their time they're not getting compensated Mm -hmm. and it Uh, makes more sense to have the patient and pay the tax on the patient than not having that's either. Right. That's right. That's right. But with a good CPA, you can still maximize your deductions, like you were saying, up to 600 per patient. Right. And then the difference 
of what they make versus what you've deducted, you then have to pay the tax on it as a site. Yep. That's the best way to alleviate this. What if the subject is anticipated to earn more than 600 in the calendar year, but does not have a social security number? Does the site have a SOP or is this issue discussed with the IRB? So again, just don't have them fill out a W-9. Um, Doesn't everybody have a social security number now? I mean, other than, you know, illegal aliens. I'm not sure. I think you I, have to get one at birth now. Right. Uh, I think this, not. I don't know about green card, if they have social security or like yeah. legal, legal, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's just the illegal uh, immigrants, and I guess this person saying that's not the site's concern. And I mean, I would tend to agree. Look, at the end of the day, you want the patient. I mean, the sponsors do typically ask for some kind of identifying info that the site keeps on the patient to confirm that they are who they say they are. But usually, an ID or something would suffice. An address, an address, and a a date of birth and a name. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, again, like a W nine issue. Uh, how is accountability done to protect the site from potential fraud? So easiest way to protect you from fraud is don't issue checks. I've had a really bad experiences a few times. The bank does give you your money back, but the police will do nothing. Uh, and there's really no recourse other than the bank giving you your money back. They do reimburse you for fraud. Um, But you do have to, it's a lot of pain. Like you got to go fill out a police report. The bank will give you your money back immediately if there's been check fraud. And I've, this has happened to me four times. This, this is how it worked. I noticed, Oh wow. I didn't pay $7,000 to this patient. And it's always a name that, I don't know who it is. They don't use their own name on these fake checks. So how do they uh, get it cashed? I mean, they go check, to a check cashing place, and they'll cash checks. I've never been to one. They'll cash checks without ID. They get. They have an ID. It's probably fake. Oh, okay, interesting. They just check the name, and the check cashing place could care less because they get their their vague. Sure. sure. And then the they bank, get- the bank covers it when it's fraud. So this is exactly how it works, but it's not, this is still like a a pain for the site owner or the site director. Time consuming. Yeah. You notice hopefully relatively quickly, usually within a week, I've noticed that there's a odd charge on a check. I click on the image of the check. I immediately recognize it's not one of our checks, but it has our account number and our routing number. It looks like one of our checks, but it's not one of our checks. And I can't recognize the name. And so then I call the bank. You got to wait half an hour. They tell you, okay, this is fraud. We're going to put a stop stop um, on this check. Sometimes they will make you open a new account, hmm. which is even more of a pain. Other times they'll make you open a new account and go submit a police report. They've always reimbursed the money the same day. Uh, but they insist on the police report and sometimes they insist on changing the bank account. So that's a lot of work if this continues to happen. And this is why we've completely eliminated checks. I'm either for cash or green fire. 
So I want to elaborate on that, uh, having to close your account, how much of a hassle that would be. I don't think you're, I don't think, I don't think you're conveying how much of a hassle this is, especially now. So let's say you have, I'm not because it's been years since I've actually been involved in that aspect, but you're involved in it now. So let's say you have 10 studies, At best, (laughs) 10% of all studies now pay by check. The vast, vast majority, 90%, I would say, maybe 80 to 90% now pay electronically. So if you got to close your account, you got to notify every sponsor that account is closed. And then you got to fill out a new form to make sure that they get paid to the new account, right? With all the account information. And then, as we both know, once something's in the sponsor's system, usually they still just try to pay that whatever was there previously. They, they don't update their systems. Right. So you're going to have all kinds of money issues if you got to yeah. close that account. It's yeah. just going to be a beyond belief, beyond belief hassle. If you have to notify <laughs> 10 sponsors, hey, don't pay that account, pay this account, and then they're all still going to pay that old account. Yeah. Oh I mean, my thank God, you. that would be a nightmare. Thank you for bringing that up because that's exactly what happened. I've only been asked to change my account once. I told you guys at least but, three or four times I've had check fraud. And I think only once I had to change the account. But back then, because I, I would assume that's many years ago, 2007, 2006. 2013 was the time I had to change my account. Oh, so back then there was still quite a, f- quite a few, or I would even say probably majority were paying by check, not electronically. So you probably had some that were electronic half. and some check. It was like half. Yeah. So less of a hassle than it is now. I'm telling you, everybody's electronic now. Yeah, I know. I know. It would just be a hassle, a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're sending it to the wrong bank. The, that account doesn't your exist. Old account. Yeah. They're sending it to your old account. Nobody's in charge. That old account doesn't exist anymore, but the sponsor listed as paid. Yep. It's, it's such a pain. I highly recommend not using check to pay patients. Mm-hmm. I know it's convenient with the e-check that you can just print out from QuickBooks or from your bank. Stay away from it. I think that pain alone is worth me paying Greenfire if I don't want to use cash. Mm-hmm. That's really one of the two options I would have. After all, everything I've been through and what Chris... I mean, I can't imagine going through that again. Yeah, I mean, with our clients, because this is a common question with the clients, I... I, in order, recommend cash, then some sort of system like Greenfire. There's many of them out there. Whichever yeah. one's the cheapest is what I would use. But yeah, I'm sure they're still relatively expensive. It's the cheapest route option is cash, without a doubt. Um, cash, Greenfire, then check. Just avoid checks if you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's it. Uh, the, they're a director of a small research site. And... Um, this is kind of some of the questions they had. So would love to have you as a client. I'm going to send you this link to this video. It made especially for you. But I'm sure the beauty of these questions is it's never just for this person. This oh, is no. probably hundreds of people asking the same thing. And as you sure. can tell, we don't even have the answer. We just have best practices that have worked for us. It's anecdotes mm-hmm. combined with tax professionals and CPAs. Yeah, checks might work great for some people. Just, uh, I would rather avoid any p- potential nightmare. Uh, the biggest drawback, again, to cash, in my opinion, is just you have to trust people handling it. Yeah. Petty cash, I think that's another uh, miscellaneous expense that the CPA 
uses is petty cash. Yeah. But when yeah. when you're when you're a busy site, that petty cash becomes significant. So at some oh, point, yeah. to not attract the attention of the IRS, you do have to pay on a lot of that cash. That's that's been my strategy. That's been my strategy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that's why we haven't had a problem with the IRS. Yeah. So that's it. That's the that's it, guys. That's basically in a nutshell. But I had to bring Chris on because I used to handle these kind of things around 2013. Chris really started handling more of these things, mm-hmm. if not all of these things. Um, but we both. We both know it's just I'm more from the past and Chris is present with it, but the issues don't really change. <laughs> They're the yeah. same issues. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. And thank you for uh, the viewer and the listener for asking the questions. And hopefully it helps someone else out there. And I've, I've got to get back to work, but I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>